0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All oh world, we've got winless teams about to record their first victory in mere minutes. We've got some surprise special guests that will be joining us. And we also have legal rulings of punishment, sanctions. Who doesn't want to hear about that on a hump night in December? I'm Greg Waddell. We've got Goodman. We've got Doster. I can't believe they stuck me with these two, with this agenda we've got for this show, but I could not be more excited about it. We are brought to you as always by the good folks at Bet Rivers. You can find us on the SiriusXM app. And if you want to watch us, you can do so on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Jump in the comments. We do pay attention to those. Surprise, surprise. Click subscribe if you're over there. But gentlemen, as always, we must start with the toasts of the night. Bobby D. I see the spark in your eyes when we mentioned Toast pre-show. I think you've got something special cooked up for us. Who are you two toasting to tonight?
2: So um, I spend a lot of my day on Twitter and on, on social media, right? Um, and a lot of times, it's just kind of browsing and just kind of scrolling. And, and sometimes you hit that button that's right there in the middle that takes you to the trending topics page. And do you know it was trending all day today? No. What? What? No. Milf Island. Oh, so I finally... Got the nerve up to actually click on the button. So my Toast of the Night is going out to TLC, the channel, the Learning Channel. TLC stands for the Learning Channel because they have a reality wow. show right now called Milf Island. And I guess it's going to start in a couple of weeks. And it's got some kind of major surprise. And I don't know if I've ever been more excited to find out what the than anything to find out what the major surprise is on the reality show on the Learning Channel called Milf Island. So cheers to you, TLC. You're doing us all a favor.
3: I don't even know what to say to that one. But, um, <laughs> I'm playing. Hurts. Doing the
2: Lord's I'm gonna,
3: work. I'm cheers with with hot tea. Tea with honey. That's my my cheers tonight. Very nice, Jeffrey.
1: Goodman, we're going to you next. What do you got?
3: I can't do mine until two minutes and 54 seconds. I, I can't. I'm not jinxing it. I'm not doing it. So I will, I will defer my cheers until the clock hits zero because I'm not going to jinx it respect. We will probably jump to that very quickly if
1: it happens right now. Still a four possession game. Crazier things have happened in under 3 minutes of a college basketball game. Of course, Jeff is alluding to the Louisville Cardinals looking for their first win of the season against an 8 and 1 Western Kentucky squad by the way. Uh so- all right, I I will do my toast real quick and then hopefully we'll get closer to that miracle moment. Uh there's one man on planet Earth tonight who I think might feel maybe a little vindicated, maybe just a little, you know, scratch an itch that he couldn't scratch for about the last year. Sit down, kick back in a recliner tonight, hopefully pour a nice glass of whatever he likes to drink most. That's Mark Turgeon, my friends. I hope that Mark Turgeon enjoyed the hell out of himself tonight watching his former program go out and lay a giant egg against the UCLA Bruins. Mr. Turgeon, cheers.
2: Cheers. That's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought I knew where you were going with that. That's not where you were going with that.
1: There, there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of different directions we could go tonight. Ron. Oh, like a I lot. Said, <laughs> I have options. Been, it's been an exciting night in the basketball world and uh, to try to, to buy ourselves some time while we do wait for the final two minutes and 40 seconds of this Louisville game to wrap. Uh, let's start with what I think was the biggest story of the day today. Uh, at least until a winless team was about to get their first win. But officially, Sean Miller does not face any sanctions. Field of 68's own Sean Miller. He did a great job on this very program for us all of last season. Obviously, now he's back in the coaching world doing his thing at Xavier. But he comes off of this clean book Richardson. Ten-year show cause. Some self-enforced penalties for Arizona. $5,000 fine. Not sure how big that one is for a, a basketball program like Arizona. We'll see one less scholarship for next season. So Goodman, let's throw it your way. What did you well, make actually? I, I have
2: I have some info on this. So I I, I did I spoke to a source um, at the NCAA who said that part of the reason why they didn't give Sean Miller a suspension was because uh, he self imposed all the last season having to talk to Jeff Goodman. And what they said was dealing with Jeff for an entire year was bad enough. We can't punish this guy anymore. That's a direct quote from my source at the NCAA. So um smart. That was a smart move by Sean. I gotta, I gotta admit.
3: Um, all right. Well, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um here's Don't what you I'll
2: love say. when you try to make a joke and then it's just completely silent. Whoops. That fell. that fell. I guess that one, I guess that was I, I was expecting a rebuttal, oh.
3: but he didn't take the bait. He just huh. said, anyway, here's here's I, the ruling. I got nothing. I got nothing on it. <laughs> all right, so on a serious note. Um I think it was complete bullshit that that book Richardson got uh 10 years the 10 year show cause more than the Sean Miller getting off without anything um and I'll get to that in a minute you know some of these guys Lamont Evans um you know book Richardson Tony Bland got 3 years he he initially I think got a lifetime ban and then appealed it and and got it down to 3 years Tony Bland Uh, book for not cooperating. That was part of it, right? Didn't cooperate. You know, he talked to him, I think, once, and that was it. And they determined that he didn't tell the truth. Obviously, there was some academic uh, fraud stuff in there as well. Mark Phelps, the other former assistant, got two years. But I think it's bullshit that most of the guys we're talking about here, uh, other than uh, one person at Adidas, were black assistants, and they got hammered. And the white head coaches really didn't get shit. And, and it just doesn't add up to me. Uh, I don't think it's fair. I think for one thing, 10 years, it should be uh, retroactive, certainly, to when this thing started. At the very mm-hmm. least, right? It's been five years. So if you're going to hit them with 10, you know, give them, you know, give them it's, five. It's I
2: time think. served, right? Exactly. It's like time served.
3: Yes. Which he's completely served. Um, Literally. Just, he went to jail different. for this. He went to jail. I mean, these guys went to jail. Tony Bland and, and and Lamont. Like, it's just, it's not right. It's not right what happened to them. Did they screw up? Of course. Uh, now getting to the Sean Miller situation. Um, listen, the, the bottom line was through this IARP process, It was done very different, and we can see that. Oklahoma State didn't go through it, and they got the postseason ban. Uh, These other schools went through the IARP, which is going to be gone after the Kansas and and LSU situations, which I can't understand why it's going to be gone because it's actually been, I I think, better in a sense that at least they're using facts, at least they're using evidence, where prior to this, it Can was, you explain yeah, just real
2: quick? Explain what the the difference in the system is for people that don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean they, they have independent. It's not run by people, and and the judge and the jury is not people employed by the NCAA. Now it's independent uh, people that are trained that are you know legal experts. A lot of them. So I think at least they're going by pure evidence here. And in essence, there was no evidence for Sean Miller. There was no evidence that he knew. Now again, should he have known? Well, I mean, same thing, like Rick Pitino, I say, should have known. Some of these other coaches should have known what was going on in the program. Um, but ultimately, they, they found that he, he didn't know. Um, so, I, you know, Sean Miller getting nothing here surprised a lot of people, but it fell in line with can some. I, the- can I
2: push back on that? Can I sure. push back on that real quick? Like we, we say that that Sean Miller got nothing. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment entirely. Uh, he he lost his job at Arizona, right? He's no longer employed there, um, a job that he really, really liked. Uh, he had his team that was good enough to play in NCAA tournament banned from the NCAA tournament. Um, they didn't go there. That was an effectively um, the, like the same thing that Oklahoma State got uh, last year, right? Um, so it's not like he didn't get anything. The issue is once he went past his punishment, he was able to get back in. Now, the problem is with Book Richardson, he's effectively done. Like his career as a basketball coach is over 16 years is what it's going to be between when this stuff actually happened, when it first broke, and when he's actually going to be able to get back and be an NCAA head uh, coach at any point. Right.
3: Right. 16 years,
2: which is fucking crazy for a guy that is simply operating within the, the system that is college basketball at the time. That's all he was doing. He wasn't doing anything all that different from what every assistant coach and what every head coach had going on in programs at that level. I don't want to say every, but for the majority of them, there's stuff like this happening, right? And the idea that you, you the guy's career in this business is over, he, that he is now a felon, right? He did, did time in federal prison for this. It's just What is the FBI doing wasting their time on this? I make this point over and over again. The entire reason that this investigation started, the entire reason that this happened is a guy named Marty Blazer, who was an actual white-collar criminal who embezzled $2.35 million from his clients to go make a movie with Misha Barton, Devin Sawa, and Michael Clark Duncan that is, like, the lowest-rated movie in the history of Rotten Tomatoes. How do you remember who the That's fucking insane? Like he (laughs) got caught doing that by the SEC, the real SEC, not the Southeastern Conference the Security and Exchange Commission. And what he said was, I can give you college basketball. So he basically was the guy that set up all of these situations, got Christian Dawkins involved, got funneled the money to him, was able to make sure that he go out and make all these connections that got the FBI on them. He created this entire mess, right? He was the criminal. These guys were operating in the college basketball ecosystem that was what it was in 2017 and 2016. Most of that stuff is legal now. Most of that stuff is not going to be an issue. I'm old enough to remember when Kansas had a bunch of guys investigated because of Adidas' relationships with players. Now look at what they're doing. Adidas just signed Grady Dick to an endorsement deal. Those yeah. guys went to prison for this. What are we doing? It's. Yeah.
1: You're not I don't need to
2: go on this rant again. I don't need to get fired no, up. No, you're, you're not wrong. The get, people at home. Usa.
1: The people at home love anytime they hear a Misha Barton reference from Rob Doster. I'll tell you that it happens about once a year. It's impressive stuff. Uh, final question on this, and then we'll move because there's 23.8 seconds until we can officially hear Goodman's toast here. Yeah. Uh, but do do you think that this sets any sort of precedent for future situations that are similar going forward? Did we learn anything new from
3: this ruling today that could apply to other schools, Jeff? I think Kansas will be different. What we've learned is they're not going to hit schools with postseason bans anymore. They're not going to penalize the kids. That's the biggest thing that has changed here uh, over the last couple months. It's and, a good thing, you know, again, you know, and I want to go back to this. I, I do want to go back to this because I was at ESPN when this whole thing broke with Sean Miller. And I'll still say it publicly, and maybe I shouldn't, but I do, that I think ESPN got it wrong. They got it wrong with the story with Sean Miller. If they had gotten it right, think about this, guys. Sean Miller has been investigated by Arizona internally, an investigation by the feds, by the NCAA, and by the IARP. He's been part of four different investigations, and nothing has turned up on him directly. Now, again, like, do coaches do things through agents? And of course. That's how it's worked for years, right? But ultimately, and and yes, Louisville does win their first game of the year, and here it is, Kenny Payne, my toast. You deserve it, big <laughs> man. oh baby. You deserve
4: baby.
3: it. Sell back, boys. Win. I'm sell glad back. Kenny Payne is a great human being. Uh, he, he's honestly gotten crushed to where his Louisville fans, a segment of them. Are ready to fire him today or yesterday maybe today they'll give him another game uh, but you know which I think is bullshit I do think it's bullshit he's done he's done a poor job so far no question about it in the portal coaching all of it so far but to fire the guy now or after one season to me is unfair. You have to give him one more year in the portal to see if he can flip this thing.
2: Yeah, because here's here's the easy way to kind of protect yourself there if you're Louisville, right? One, uh the talent there wasn't up to the expectation that you normally have would have for a school like Louisville. Two uh, there was all of the potential of not being able to play in the NCAA tournament this year, hanging over the head of the program, hanging over the – there was a cloud over the program, right? Whether or not we believe that's true, that's what you can tell yourselves if you're Louisville. Three, he was brought in to to create that connection between uh, the older generation of Louisville players and the current generation of Louisville players. Like the to, to all those teams that won the title in what was it, 1980, 1986 wow. – you know, bring that Louisville family back together. You're not going to do that by firing the dude after one year. So give him time. Yeah. Let him have a chance. And if he's not the right guy, we'll find out in, in year two. And after two years, if you're still having struggles like this, then, you know, you could probably cut ties. Yeah. But uh, but I do think that um, I do think that giving him a chance to go into the portal and say, hey, look, we're Louisville. We got NIL. We got Adidas money. Uh, you're going to have a chance to play in the ACC. If we're good, the Yum Center will have 24,000 people that are screaming in it, so come, come give it a chance. And I, we, I just – my my, my biggest takeaway is that I don't think it's possible to know what he is as a basketball coach when you only have basically one guard on the roster. Yeah, like I got,
3: agree. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, he's got I, one I,
2: guard and a couple four-star prospects that aren't good enough to kind of play a league guard or be a creator. So it, it just –
1: I mean, positionally, you're right, but I, I, guys, what are we doing here? This team started 0 and nine. Like, let me push back on this. I, are we saying this team's good enough to make the NCAA tournament? Oh, no, I don't think anybody needs <laughs> to expect that. But they shouldn't be 0 and nine when they started the year at home against Bellarmine, Wright State, and Appalachian State. Oh, you're like, right. There, there are levels. They should
2: Villanova shouldn't be five and five, right? Creighton probably. shouldn't be Who cares,
3: guys? Who gives a shit whether they're going to be three in in 27? Or 14 and 16 at the end of the day. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Either you suck, like yes, there are varying degrees of sucking, right? They're gonna suck at the highest level this year. We know that. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Next year is gonna be you got to give him one more year. And if he and if he ends up going to the NCAA tournament next year, people are gonna be talking about it like the greatest turnaround ever.
2: Maybe Kenny Kane knows more than we know.
3: I, I have
2: spin zone for you, right? If you're gonna be bad. So might as well be historically bad, right? You You might as well set a record so that when you come back next year, people are like, dude, he took a team that won two games. They just won 18 games to made the NIT. Look at that improvement. Boom. There you go. Thinking about it. Here's another question for you, Greg. You're the guy that that I normally go to on things like this. Sure. Do you think after spending some time in the NBA that it took a while for Kenny Payne to realize that he couldn't tank for Wemby? (laughs)
1: it's very possible. I've often questioned if college coaches are unaware that tanking is not a thing in college (laughs) basketball. If there was one guy in the country doing it, it was Kenny Payne, which makes tonight's result a horrendous loss for Louisville's tanking prospects. We'll have to talk to Louisville fans truly to know how they feel about all this. Uh, But gentlemen, I have to inform you. We have a special guest joining the show right this very second, the head coach of the 10 and oh new mexico team richard patino is with us on the field of 68 after dark richard how are you doing tonight it's great to have you here
5: good i've seen the minnesota picture in the background so i gotta tilt it so ah there's two pictures all right i'm doing good thank you for having me appreciate it you actually look happy happy to be here one of the rare wins one of the rare wins
3: well listen your boy, Kenny Payne, just got uh, the first win. I don't know if you saw it, but I just gave – we do our toast of the night, and I waited till the clock hit zero so I could give Kenny Payne my toast of the night because, you know, it took a little bit longer than we thought, but Kenny Payne, one of the – and you know him, one of the best guys you will meet in this business.
5: Yeah, it's, it's really weird the way it's all shifted. Um, it used to be you got a little time, Um and I understand why people don't want to give you as much time anymore, because even look at our situation, we've been able to flip it somewhat with starting for transfers. Um, but every situation's is different. Uh, you know, it's that place has endured so much and Kenny's got a long road ahead, but he's an awesome guy. Um, he just needs time and and people go crazy. You know, they just do, but, He'll get it turned around. He just got to get some players. I mean, that's the answer to everything.
2: You know, Richard, you talked about your situation. You guys won 13 games last year. This year, you started out 10-0. You have a win at St. Mary's in Moraga mixed in there, so it's not just a bunch of cupcakes. Um, did you expect this? Did you see this kind of start coming? Because, you know, I I did the Mountain West preview for our show, and I didn't necessarily sit
5: here saying, yeah, New Mexico, it's the year they have a chance to win the league. I thought we'd be improved. You know, when I, when I took the job, lucky to get Jamal Mashburn Jr. to come with me. Um, Jalen House was another one who hadn't played a lot at Arizona State, but we thought was a high major talent. Um, We were not a complete team last year at all, but it was to go through last year, we were able to say, okay, this is what we need. The beauty of the portal is if you have clear needs, you can sell it to those players. And we were able to say, okay, we got – Jalen House, we got Jamal Mashburn. That's a great backcourt. We've got Javante Johnson, who's a really good, you know, three man. We just need to add a four and a five with some really good pieces around it. So we were able to add those guys. I felt over the summer like, all right, we we could be good. You just never really know until the games happen. Uh, because these, you know, once the lights go on, it's totally different. Uh, getting we went at SMU, and I know SMU, Rob's rebuilding, but we played great. And I kind of was watching like, whoa, we we could be pretty good. And then going at St. Mary's and, and getting that one, they hadn't lost there in a long time, uh, was terrific. And then we were fortunate. We had to reschedule because of all the New Mexico State stuff. We had to play San Fran. And I was really concerned with all the elements that coaches are concerned with, one-day prep, late game. Um, but we were able to pull it off, so – uh, you know how good we can be will be can we stay injury free and all those things, but I like I like the direction of where we're headed for sure is the pit rocking again. It's pretty good. I mean last year, everybody had masks on there was a mask mandate there was a vaccine mandate, so you just couldn't really tell like is it back is it not, um, <laughs> but like the other day we played UTSA and we had like, you know, 10,500 people like I try to explain to our fans how good that is Yeah, for where the program is and where it's been to get over 10,000, uh, we'll probably for the Iona game, I would assume get 13, 14,000, like it's really good. I mean, so that's why I, that's why I chose it. You know, I kind of took a leap of faith. I had spent a little time in Albuquerque, not much. It was, it was during the, um, elite eight sweet 16, when Louisville beat West Virginia, So I was down here in college when Louisville was going to final four, probably had a million beers. I wasn't really looking around (laughs) to see where to raise a family. Um, But, you know, it's, uh, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it.
1: So you alluded to all of the transfers on your team, four starters, your top six scorers have played elsewhere before this season. What's made you so successful in going in one identifying those guys, but two, a lot of them have been high major guys before. How have you convinced them to come buy into what you're building at New Mexico?
5: Well, I think the beauty of our place, I can tell a story and it's true. Um, I was at FIU, which is a hard, hard, hard job, hard job. And I get offered a big 10 job at the age of 30. I don't think Minnesota is a bad job. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, but relative to its conference, it's a, bottom tier in the big 10. And what I tell everybody is this, and that's not to say I didn't do things wrong in Minnesota. So I don't want Minnesota fans to get mad at me, but go to a place where you can be a top 10 player in your league. And I chose New Mexico because I believe New Mexico is a top three job in our league. I really do. I didn't care where I was going to go. I could have sat out and got paid to not work. I'm like one of the rare coaches that didn't do that. Um, But I just thought if I sat out a year, I would take New Mexico after a year sit down. My point to every player that comes here is, hey, you may have gone to Arizona State. You may have gone to Minnesota. If you're MASH, you went to UMKC or Wichita State. Like your last stop has to be a place where you are a top 10, top 15 player in that league. And that way it can help your next step of playing professionally. What I like about New Mexico is besides my paycheck, you really don't know. It's not a high major conference. We have great fan support. The town loves the Lobos. Um, They really want to win. And so you get that high major feel with not maybe the elite, elite level conference. So if you're a player like Jamal Mashburn, you can go from being a good player, but now he's a terrific player. So I think the story resonates with um, the recruits because I did the same thing they're doing. I I didn't care where I was going next. I wanted to be at a place that I felt like was one of the best jobs in the conference. You
3: know, getting uh, paid not to work sounds good. Uh, Doster <laughs> does that all the time.
5: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it was a really weird process because it happened really fast. Um, and I was trying to figure out the numbers and I'm sitting there going, and I remember probably the last week or two of the season, I'm like, all right, I know I'm getting fired. Like nobody really told me I was getting fired, but I felt it. So I'm not going recruiting and I'm sitting at home and like, there's like a towel on the ground. And I'm looking at my wife, like, are you picking that up? Am I picking up what's going on here? Are we going to get this house in order? And I'm like, this is not going to work. I've got to go do something else. Uh, I, I've I, met your wife. Listen, I've met your wife. There's, there's
3: no way she's no, that wouldn't handle work. you being there all day, every day.
5: No, no, it would have been bad. And, but honestly, I'm really happy I did it. I mean, it. it uh, I, I was too young to sit out and do all that. I'm. I, I'm. I'm grateful that I got this opportunity. You could have been I, on the field of 68. That's right. Yeah, I, that's you. like the new thing. I saw my boy McCall is on there that's, doing it. Um, killing it. He's killing yeah, it. Yeah, he's killing it. He's. I mean, it's been great. Obviously, you guys have done a great job with a lot of these head coaches. And I. Re- I thought about the TV thing, and here's what I always told myself: Why does every TV guy try to get every head job? That's what I always tell myself, because they do. They miss so it. So yeah. w- when New Mexico came about, I was just like, let's, let's dive in and do it. All right, Sunday, the big
3: day. Now, Saturday is a day full of big games, right? I mean, it, it probably might be the best day of college, of the whole season. But Sunday, pretty good. We got one here. And, and listen, Sean Miller won't play uh, Archie. Danny Hurley won't play Bobby. But you are going to play your dad, and you've already played your dad, right, at least once? Twice. Uh, twice. What happened? Are you owing to, or you? what are you?
5: Well, FIU, we just got the check and we kept moving, so that was <laughs> not a, um, and then with the second game was on a Coast Guard base, uh, but I think they won the national championship that year. They were pretty good. All right, so this, um, this is the first fair fight
3: that you're going into with with actual bullets where you can come out of this with a win.
5: What What's it going to be like? You know, I mean it. Listen, I mean if 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 he beats me, he's got like 500 more wins than me, 600 more wins. He's in the Hall of Fame. Like, so if I were to win, like it's not like a. So it really, it's not. Here's why I played the game. He had texted me, "Oh, I got to play a game out west because I'm going to Hawaii for the Diamond Head," um, and I said, "You know what? Why don't you come play us? We'll start a home and home." I don't love the idea of going all the way back to Iona, like five hour flight and all that. And But it's an opportunity because you're going to win a lot of games. I didn't know if we'd be in this position to potentially talk about at large scheduling in year two of a major rebuild, but I did feel like coming out of COVID, I needed to add some games in the non-conference to re-engage with our fans. Yep. So as – annoying as all the media questions are and I try to answer them respectfully um it's just a really good opportunity to get a packed house in the pit and I thought Iona's always going to win a lot of games I mean they're they're always so you could potentially get like a quad two type win so I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think it made sense for our program regardless of the father-son thing um but I mean again like what well, the do trash talkers to my dad. I mean,
3: you guys talk some shit with each other. Like that's the fun part of your your relationship is I don't know how I describe it as a, well, he won't talk to me anymore. So I, I You're I, a very
5: I, unlikable person, Jeff.
3: I'm I know, just I know. <laughs> I've,
5: I've asked you to broker the the peace here. I'm tolerant. You won't do it. No. No, I got my own problems. I don't need to worry about you doing <laughs> you do, my job. You dad. do have
3: issues. You do have issues. No doubt yeah. about it.
5: But what? how
3: do you describe kind of your relationship with him and how it's evolved over the years? Because now it's different. I mean, you were you was assistant for years. Um, now you're
5: – how would you describe it? We're very different. Um, very. And I think people – probably the best compliment I always get is – I'm surprised at how normal you are, and I'm always like, "Is that a compliment?" I don't know what that means, but um, we're we're really different, but we're very close. But I think what's probably unique about me is I don't take any crap from them. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing, um, you know. So our relationship's great. I mean, it, it, it's I'm far away from all of them, which I don't love. Uh, so, I do like the fact that I can get kind of all of our family and everything here, but I'm probably one of the one of two or three that's going to tell them the truth. And uh, the know, other sometimes one? we butt heads that way when I tell them the truth. Will Ryan tell him the truth or no? No, Ryan's a yes man. No, Ryan's oh, all right, we
3: figured it out. All right, we, Ryan's, we Ryan's like intuitive. a
5: sweetheart, you know, okay. me, you know, but but no, I, I'll tell him the truth.
3: All right, now that we're
1: about 20 minutes into breaking down the intricacies of the Patino family diet. Yeah, dynamics, I feel like I'm on Jeff
5: therapy Goodman. right now. Should I be on a couch? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I have one fun one for you on the way. I don't know how fun you'll think it is, but let's, let's fast forward. February 25th, San Diego State at home, big game, close to the end of the season, approaching March. Let's say you guys get the victory. Envision the pits packed. Get the win. Where's the post game spot for beverages?
5: Albuquerque is a little complex with the, po- the post-game uh, spot. You know, Albuquerque is interesting. You, you do a lot of, like, home things. Um, you know, we've got some friends that live close to us. It's a real really cool place. Like, I, I it, moving from Edina, Minnesota to Albuquerque, New Mexico, it, it's like moving to Mars. It's so different. Um, but it's cool because you've got golf carts. You can ride wherever you want. Um, so if we do find a way to beat San Diego State, we'll find somewhere close to the pit and I would gladly be buying. I didn't have a lot of wins last year, so I didn't celebrate too many post games. <laughs> He'll be drinking red wine, probably, is my guess. Red wine, for sure. Maybe a cigar of some sort.
3: Hey, I, nothing
5: that's wrong the beauty of that. the warm weather climate. We can do it all year round. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, Thanks for joining
1: us. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. Appreciate it. Good luck. See you guys. All right. That was New Mexico head coach Richard Patino here live on the field of 68 after dark. We're about halfway through the show. Greg Waddell, Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster. Again, you can listen to us on the Sirius XM app. You can watch us on the field of 68 YouTube channel. Click subscribe if you are watching us over there. Uh, and if you don't mind, Rob, could you model for us real quick? You've got a nice Friars with the luck of the Irish shirt on tonight you can get that at field of 68 we've got a holiday promo code going on right now I believe you can get 25 percent off now through the end of 2022 with code all caps holiday go over there get yourself some gear uh we've got a ton of good stuff in there so check it out all right boys can i say move. something real
2: quick before before we move on sure. I, I hope that people got a glimpse into what Rich, richard Bettino's personality is like because he he's He's a fun guy to have a conversation with.
1: Are you calling him a lot more normal than people expect? Like you said, (laughs) it's not, it's not that it's just, uh, I think that when you are
2: at a program that gets covered the way that a big 10 program gets covered, it's difficult to be able, especially when you're not having the level of success that you, you want to be able to have. I think it's difficult to be able to uh, showcase your personality and have fun with it. Right. Um, I I think Archie
3: with himself that yes, that's what you get from Richard Petino, which is difficult because obviously he's always going to be in the shadow of his father. Mm-hmm. But Like he said, he's so different. His father is maniacal in his approach to, to coaching. Richard has much, much more balance. He's uh, sarcastic as hell, which you really didn't mm-hmm. see as much in that interview, but a little bit. Oh, in- we, we got, we I'm got, got a taste of it. it.
2: We got a taste of it. When, when he goes back at you, any coach that is able to basically call you a, a dumbass is yeah. one that I I'm all in on that guy. Let's go. Bring him yeah. on board. And hey, by the way, up. he's a he's a Providence alum. So I, should've, I should've, yeah. should have I should have one of these shirts. You think he would model it? He would. I, he would.
1: Yeah, I think he would. Uh, yeah, I agree. That was very fun. The Big Ten fan in me was trying to pipe down a little bit because I've watched Richard Pitino teams for years and not what I expected. I'll be honest. The personality <laughs> was there a little more. He gave us more than I thought he would. Uh, all right, let's move. We've got a, a surprising result. Maybe. Can we even call it surprising at this point? I don't know. You guys are going to tell cool. me. UCLA destroys Maryland. I mean, that's what happened tonight in simple terms. I don't even know what the final score ended up being. I'll look it up before I talk next. But this game was over from five minutes into this game. They went on, uh, I believe, like a 15-point run to start and then another 13-point run immediately. And I wish I could say this, guys. But this ain't the first time the Kevin Willard teams have had a very, very promising start to a season well, followed by loss fair. after loss yeah, after but loss. That's quickly. not
3: fair. That's not fair. This is a new program, a new team. You can't blame. Now I know we gave them a lot of credit for their start, right? Obviously beating St. Louis, Miami out of the gates and they beat Illinois. We're giving them a ton of credit. I think we all knew they weren't that good. We knew that they were going to come down to earth. Now, did we know they would get blown out at home uh, to UCLA? Maybe not to this degree, but, you know, those holdovers, he had to change the culture, right? And and Akeem Hart and Dante Scott played so well out of the gates. They've come down to earth a little bit, and now there's so much pressure on Jameer Young to have to do everything for them right now. So I, I think there's somewhere in between certainly what they were tonight and what they were at the beginning of the year. I think if Kevin Willard can get this team to the NCAA tournament, it's a hell of a year.
2: Yeah. And that's probably what they are, right? Like, I, I understand why they climbed as high as they did in the rankings, but I think they're much closer to the team uh, that struggled against Tennessee um, to this team than they are to uh, being a top, what well, they cap out at like 13th in the country, something like that. So it's not surprising. It's surprising to see them get 30-pieced at home by UCLA. Like, in, in, in that building, in that environment, SVP is sitting courtside. You know, you have the, uh, you have the TFOs coming down and the student section at one end. Like it's surprising to see him get worked that bad in that building. But I also think at some point, like they kind of got figured out a little bit, right. That people kind of realized what they were doing. Um, And then it just, you know, the bottom kind of fell out a little bit to me. Honestly, this says a lot more about UCLA than anything about Maryland. I think we kind of knew that something was coming with Maryland. I didn't know what to think of UCLA coming into this game. And I mean, the thing you didn't mention, right? Tiger Campbell tried to take two charges in the first half. Uh, I thought he was going to get both charges. Both of them were called blocking fouls. Under 16 timeout, he gets yanked. Uh, And UCLA still finds a way to be up 49 to 20 at the half, despite the fact that they don't have their starting point guard, first team all conference, Pac-12 player. Uh, I I took a lot more out of uh, UCLA's performance in this game than I did out of Maryland.
1: Yeah, so just box score reading, if I were to tell you before the game that Tiger Campbell plays 16 minutes, Amari Bailey scores four points, we're probably thinking Maryland has a good shot in that game. My just quick take on this from what I saw in this game, it looked like a team that was a little worn down. And if you look at the last three games, I mean, Tennessee, UCLA, both top five teams on Jeff's favorite Ken Palm right now. Game before that, a trip to the Cole Center, Wisconsin, not an easy place to play, but the game script of those two games before this one was honestly kind of similar to the start tonight. Wisconsin jumps out to a 10 point lead very early at home against Maryland, and they have to claw their way back into making that a game late. Then they go to Tennessee, they're down 17 points at halftime, and they claw all the way back to make it a three point game. Tonight it just looked like a team that to me was a little out of gas from doing that the last two games. But like you said, Rob, it's they don't have a
2: bench either. They don't have right. a bench
3: really. You know, that's that's, that's the
2: biggest issue. That's the biggest issue right there. Is like they but got UCLA their five. UCLA doesn't guys.
3: have one either, but they've had more rest. They played teams that they could get, they could get their legs back. Right. I saw UCLA in Vegas. They lose two games. Still, the most entertaining part of my my trip to Vegas. Well, I mean, there were a few, but but one of one of them was uh, standing outside their locker room after their second loss with my daughter and hearing. I think it had to be a chair be thrown across multiple walls and then uh,
2: hold, on. hold on, hold on.
3: Yes. Hold on. yes.
2: Hold on. I just, I just want to clarify something for the listeners. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I want you to understand what you, what, what you're saying right now. Yeah. You are saying that you went to Vegas yeah. for four days Yeah. and the most entertaining part of that experience was standing outside of UCLA's locker room. I want you to think about that for a second and I want you to decide if that's what you I mean, want I lost, on the record.
3: I lost a lot of money. Uh, playing blackjack. So it couldn't there have no. been winning. Couldn't have there been no. the blackjack table. I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Probably that, that might've been it. It was not the most um, <laughs> memorable uh, trip to, to Vegas, but yeah. And then Mick Cronin dropped a couple um, words that my daughter even had never heard me say. Uh, so she looked at me like, like, Whoa, what is that? And I had to explain to her that this is what happens in some locker rooms. With some coaches when you lose games this way.
1: Yeah, that's fair. All right. Flipping to the UCLA side of this quickly. Uh, their next game after this, neutral site on Saturday against Kentucky. High profile game on a great slate of games that entire day. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, this was this was impressive, obviously. Also, UCLA's first win against a top 25 opponent this season. You saw them on the neutral floor, Jeff. They lost both of those games against Illinois and Baylor. What do you project forward from them? And what do you expect against a Kentucky team that's had their own ups and downs this season?
3: Yeah, they're 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 gonna be really good. Uh I picked them to win it all. I'm not, you know, I don't have a ton of confidence in that, but I think they're one of those teams. And their starting five, I'll put up against most starting fives in the country. And Jalen Clark's been very, very good. Amari Bailey's been better than we thought out of the gates. A lot of freshmen have really struggled. Amari Bailey is not one of those guys. Adam Bona has struggled a little bit to stay on the court, but he's a beast, and you can see even in spurts what he's able to do, and he's only going to get better and better. The the key for them is can they find a bench, right? Singleton can make shots. That's important too. Can they get one more dude off the bench? But uh, Jaquez is awesome. Tiger wasn't good tonight, but he's as good as almost any point guard out there. Those two are veterans. I like UCLA. I think it's going to be a hell of a game against Kentucky, who still hasn't beaten anybody of note yet. I know we'll say Michigan and Hunter Dickinson will be offended by that, but Michigan still, to me, is a fringe tournament team right now.
2: Yeah, they are. Um, I the only disagreement I have with what you just said there. I, I agree with almost everything. The only disagreement I have is that I think the key to UCLA being a team that is actually good enough as you put it, to win a national title is Amari Bailey. Yes, I know he's averaging double figures. I know that people are that are box score watching are saying, oh, look how good he is. Well, they have played three high major opponents, right? He has, in those three games, 10 total points and is four for 17 from the floor and one for four from three. He has mm-hmm. not been good against real competition. And if UCLA is going to be as good as you want them to be, he has to be that good against real competition. And frankly, I think that he probably can get there. Right. If you're able to put up 19 points against some of these uh, these mid-major programs, you'll probably be able to figure it out to to be able to, you know, at least be a, a 10 to 12 point per game guy in the Pac-12. But that's what they need out of him. I, I think when they kind of hit their ceiling, they basically have one guy that can initiate everything in Tiger Campbell. Um, as good as Jaime Hawkins is and as much as I love that dude as a player, like he's really just a complimentary piece that happens to be a really, really good complimentary piece, right? Dude, I think quiet? they need a sick. Really? Yeah, like he, he's not,
3: he's not. Come on, that Greg, Greg, back me up on that one. Come it's, on. But
2: no, it's the I, same I, thing, it's I, the same I, thing as, as Oscar Sheway. I, I, I would call Oscar Sheway a complimentary piece. Oh, he's not your go-to though. guy. He's, like, he's, he's not the guy that you want to be the the person that gets the ball every single possession. If he is the guy that gets the ball every single possession, you have someone that isn't a great passer, isn't a great shooter um, that can kind of exploit mismatches, and he's really good at that. But you need another dude out there that can go get you a bucket because if you have Jaime Hawkins going up against defenses, they're going to target him nonstop. I think that's a little bit of a problem. The Jalen Clark thing, like I think even he's more of a finisher than he is like he yes, created. Right. right? No, they so don't I, have
3: that guy. I, I listen. I'm with you. Jaime's not like that dude that you're gonna give him the ball and say, "Hey, go yeah. get a hoop."
2: The the big picture thing is, I think what we're seeing is the value of what Johnny Juzang brought. Where you could just give him a set, give him a rock and say, "Go get us a shot." Sure, go get go get us a good look, and he could go do it. And having a second guy on the floor with this roster makeup, I think is really important. And if a, like if Amari Bailey can get there, that's when they kind of hit their ceiling. And yeah. if I had to guess, I think that he probably will get there just because if you look at his track record as a high school player, as an AU player, and kind of what his expectations were coming in, those guys tend to figure it out, I think. So I, I'm I'm bullish on UCLA moving forward. I know we're going to play like the stock
3: game. What, yeah, what is right, this? Where, where, where do you – where do you no, stand with UCLA?
1: No, it's a good segue. They've impressed me more than I thought, primarily because I think Hawkes has been better in that primary offensive function role than I thought he would be in the preseason. I did the Pac-12 preseason preview with you, Jeff, and I think I was the only guy on the call that picked Arizona to win it. And I still love this Arizona team. I still have questions with this UCLA team, but honestly, coming into the year, I liked Arizona with some separation to UCLA because I thought they were going to struggle on the offensive end. And yes, it's helpful to have a guy like Tiger Campbell manning the point guard position if you don't have that bucket getting wing. But I think the two of them are working out better than I thought. And Bailey has some time to get there. Yes, he needs to get there by NCAA tournament play, but this team is going to win a ton of games in the Pac-12 with or without him. The only thing I'd push back on Rob's point here, I, please don't compare his limitations offensively to Oscar's. Like that's that's no, diff- yeah, Marcus I know. has I know, a lot is, more as a go-to guy offensively than Oscar
2: does. No, yeah, it's absolutely. But I, I think that the, I, I was just trying to make a point about what complementary player meant because I knew that that thing would. Went- <laughs> Right over Goodman's head. <laughs> That's
1: right fair. Over, right over. That's fair. All right. Good segue into uh, a game we are going to call the college hoops stock market. I think we it's... actually
3: have uh, uh, hopefully somebody a a oh. guest coming in now, um, and and a little surprise guest coming. I love in. when I
2: love when you pull these just out of nowhere. It's like oh wow, we got oh, someone coming listen, on. Okay? Listen,
3: You know the the biggest night belonged to who tonight? Who did I give my toast to?
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
3: Kenny Payne of Louisville, Mm -hmm. who's the player of the night for Louisville. It is none other than L Ellis Uh, L congrats. How does it feel to get kind of that monkey off your back?
4: Man, it feels really good. You know, um, we've been through a lot, as everybody knows. So um, just to be able to get that first win with my teammates, man, it really means a lot. Like, we've been through a lot, and I'm proud of all my guys. What was
3: it like in the locker room after the game? Give me, give me the, the visual, because it had to be so much pent-up energy that, that you guys wanted to celebrate. It, it probably was like you guys won the national title.
4: It really was. Um, as I was coming back in the tunnel, I just seen phones out, and I said, oh, my God, here comes the water. So I <laughs> ran in there, and everybody's throwing water on me. Everybody's hugging each other, man. Like, I haven't seen my teammates that happy in a long time. And uh, it's just its just a relief, man. I'm proud of my guys. L, you guys, last three games,
2: 54 points, 53 points, 53 points. Tonight, you put up 94 on a good Western Kentucky team. What – what clicked offensively? I mean, you had 30 and 10. What what did you just feel good coming out of the gates? Was it, what you have for a pregame meal? Are you going to change your socks for your next game? Like what, what happened? how did you guys get it going?
4: Uh, man, uh, it's crazy. I sent my teammates a text the other day and I was like, man, we really can turn this thing around. Like, I believe in you guys. Um, and you guys are really good players. Um, we've been through a lot. And I told them like, it's just going to take one game. And I thought this was that game. Um, i felt it for a long time. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night because I just I've been waiting to play like so bad. Like, I want to get this monkey off our back. Um, I want to be able to show people like how good of a team we are. Like, even though even though like we lost our first nine games, like we've been through so much like and we really deserve
1: one. L, uh, Rob mentioned the stats quickly, but I want to say them loud enough for our listeners in case they didn't hear them clear enough. 30 points, 10 assists tonight, four rebounds. I am the person who makes the Field of 68 graphic daily on who the player of the night was. My friend, congratulations. For the first time, we're crowning you live on the show. You had the best night of anyone in college basketball tonight. But looking at you guys this whole season, you've had to come in and attack like this in all your games. And it hasn't necessarily led to a winning record by any means or a win in the score sheet, but tonight it did. What did you see in tonight's matchup? that uh, allowed you to take advantage to such a big night?
4: Um, I knew uh, that if I got in the lane and like I really played off two feet, like I could get my teammates open shots. I know like if I got it in the pick and roll, like the big could not stand in front of me. Um, So that's what I did. Like every chance I had, like I try to get in, get into the paint, you know, and really look for my teammates and really be pass first. Cause I'm really trying to show everybody like how much of a lead guard I am, like that I'm a point guard, I'm not just a scorer. Um, so really just being able to show that tonight, like, it it just means a lot to me. Like, um, KP been on me a lot about that, you know, like being past first, you know, being a giver. And that's what I try to do tonight.
3: Well, how aware have you been of, of some of the, the scrutiny and the criticism of Kenny Payne? You know, we've yeah. defended him here saying, like, you know, some of these crazy fans and people that are saying he should be fired. He shouldn't get a second year. It, it's insane to me. Uh, but how aware uh, have you guys been of some of the backlash against Kenny Payne this early on in his coaching career
4: man uh I see it all the time like every time I look on Twitter every time I look on Instagram like I see it and you know like it, it hurts me to death like to see people like not on his side right now because things aren't weren't going as well you know but like man he's an amazing coach like he really is like he's very different like you're not gonna find him around in college basketball. Like you're really not. Like, and we're it's a blessing to have him. Like, uh, bro, like I really just don't know what to say about that and man. Like, I knew like the first conversation I had with him, like that I was coming back to Louisville. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, he's just so great of a person. Like, he's honest, and you know, like he really wants the best for us. And he gives everything he has every day. Like, he doesn't leave a facility. Like, I think he lives there sometimes. So man, that guy really cares about us.
1: Well, L, congratulations on the first win of the season. Hopefully, the first of many as you guys continue to turn this around. Uh, great game from you individually, but more importantly, a great win for your program and for the rest of your team. Most
2: importantly, field a sixty-eight player of the night, L. Ellis. I think we need That's to get that right. one. Uh, right. Yeah, you got to change your Instagram handle to that.
3: <laughs> Congrats, man! Congrats. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. You got thanks, it.
2: thanks,
3: L. All right, there he is. Louisville's L. Ellis, you could you could see. I mean, that smile, like that's the hard part, right? We're we're kind of making fun of of Louisville and Cal over the last couple of weeks, and and they're they're still winless. And I think when you see L. Ellis and his face, you understand like how hard it is because they see social media. Mm-hmm. They can't get away from this. In the old days, you know, back when I was a kid. Uh, you can get away from that stuff. Like these kids can't get away from anything. So it's, it's really hard for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. The other guys on the team, Kenny Payne, uh, get the monkey off their back and and get a win here tonight.
1: Yeah. He was obviously brilliant tonight, but honestly, I think he's been very good throughout the season. And, uh, you know, to have your individual game tied to that, I'm sure he probably doesn't care about that first and foremost, but you know, this is real life for these kids. And, uh, you know it it matters you could tell you could see it in his eyes as you said so very happy for l very happy for the louisville program and uh something to keep an eye on with them going forward they got a couple winnable games coming up at home through the end of the year here and then a meeting with kentucky on new year's
3: eve see what happens maybe hey listen the bottom line is now they get some confidence i still wish they had another guard point guard to help l out that's that's the hardest part is he's got to have a game like hey, this.
2: Let me let me ask you guys this. Their first three games of the season, they lost by a single point. The first team ever to lose their first three games of the year by a single point. How different would the narrative be right now if instead of sitting at 0 and 9, they were sitting at 4 and 6? Yeah, I think man, it would man. be entirely different. They're of three possessions away from that. And I also think that some of these like 30-point losses that they took against the good teams – would it, would not have been that number if you know they weren't sitting at 0 and 8. When you're 0 and 8 and you're down by 10 it's very easy to just say
3: man fuck this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah no doubt. No doubt. And and now again, at least they got a little bit of confidence, right? At least now I don't think you're playing quite as tight too. Going into the, the game, these guys all they're thinking about the pressure, how tight they've got to be. Now at least they got this one up their back. They got Florida and M next. Should get that one. So then they, they get a little momentum now going into you know this stretch where they'll have to play Kentucky and you know they'll yeah, be Florida
2: and Saturday Lipscomb on Tuesday
3: yeah right yeah. you
2: can you can win both of those win both right, those yeah. then you have NC State right before Christmas maybe NC State's already thinking about Santa Claus thinking about those presents you win that game on the road boom all of a sudden four game winning streak going to Kentucky you win if they win I think we need to get a field of sixty eight charter jet head straight to what is it Fourth Street Live in Louisville if. If, if yep. Louisville beats Kentucky on New Year's oh Eve.
3: God. Oh, my God,
2: Might be the greatest night of all time in the city of Louisville. We might have to be there. We might have to find a way to get down there.
3: Put you, Rob, be. put put your money where your mouth is. Let's go. Let's college, go before the game.
2: Hey, College hoops to go.
1: College hoops to
2: go. I want I'm to there, know, baby. Greg,
3: Greg as, a, as a, an, an avid gambler, maybe a compulsive gambler, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the line going to be in that game?
1: Oh, God. Give me uh, a 20, 23.
3: It'll be it'll be above twenty for sure.
1: Yeah, depend. I think if they win the next two Maybe and play competitive against NC State, it would not shock me if it got to like nineteen.
3: Where's the game? Where's is it at Kentucky? Uh, it's Rupp. in Rup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably over twenty then. Probably that's over tough.
1: 20. Yeah, that's tough. We'll see. Uh, All right, we've got just under 10 minutes left, so we're going to go speed round with my game. I'm going to force these guys to play games. This is how it works when I host this show. College Hoops, stock market. I got five teams. We'll go one by one. Keep yourself to around 30 seconds or so, and then we can do a little back and forth if needed. Uh, You're going to tell me if you're buying this team, like you're all in on them. You believe this team can win a national championship. You're holding this team. You want to wait and see. You're not quite sure. You're selling this team. You don't like where they're at right now. There's something that doesn't feel right. Or you are dumping this team. As Rob Doster so eloquently put it pre-show, F them. You're done. (laughs) You don't want to hear it again. First team up on the list, the Alabama Crimson Tide. A couple very impressive victories for this team in the last seven days. They were our Field of 68 team of the week last week for the impressive comeback win against Houston. Rob, where do you stand? Buy, hold, sell, or dump on the Tide?
2: I am currently going to hold them considering that they are a top 10 team on the metrics and they are, I believe number five in the AP poll today, right? I think that's about right. Um, I think that they are uh, if anything, they're probably a little higher in the polls than than what I would where I would have them. I think that they're firmly like that that two seed line, two seed borderline three seed kind of a team. Um, but I really like them. I mean, Brandon Miller is an absolute stud. We talked to Nate on Saturday after they won at Houston. They have the uh, the sacrifice gene in them, right? They are they are very much bought into the idea of this is going to be cliche as hell and is going to hate it, the name on the front of the jersey as opposed to the name on the back of the jersey. And uh, Nate's best team at Alabama in 2021 was that. So um, the only reason I'm holding them is because we uh, we missed the chance to buy low on them before the Houston game.
3: Yeah. yeah, I'll 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 go with hold as well. Uh, I, I like their upside. They scare me a little bit because um, I think they're 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 a kind of feast or famine type team in the NCAA tournament. I could see them winning four straight and going to the final four. I could see them losing in the first round and being upset. Um, you know, again, I, I I like them and I think Quinterly hopefully will get better and better. And their guards are small. That's the only other thing that kind of worries me against Memphis. You're not exposed because their guards are so small. But when you go Quinterly and Sears, those are two tiny guards to have uh, out there. You know, luckily they got some length on the front line to to kind of t- uh, make up for that. But I'll go hold.
1: Yeah, you, you hit on the exact reason I'm going to sell this team, and you guys are going to get an econ lesson right now because, gentlemen, you buy low, you sell high. Yes. There will never be a moment this season that Alabama stock is as high as it is right this very second. They're playing Gonzaga this Saturday. I'm going to tell you something, boys. They're going to lose
3: that game, and then we're going to have to
1: play this game in a couple of weeks, and we're going to feel a lot different about they won this it
3: last team. year. Remember, they won it last year up in – it wasn't Spok- – I don't think – was it Spokane? It was up there somewhere. It might have been outside. It was, outside. The, it was the, the same Neutral.
2: place that that Gonzaga, uh, the Kentucky yeah. played Gonzaga, whatever right, that so was in, in Spokane Arena.
3: Arena or whatever that that other place is. But that was their big win last year, and 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 then you know after that they kind of uh, weren't as good. So I, they yeah. also
2: beat they also beat Houston at home. But Greg, that is that is a wild take. So that that's 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 aggressive i don't know if i can get i don't, I don't know think I, it, I, it.
1: I really don't think it is that wild and we're not going to waste the entire rest of the show on alabama but uh look to me they're playing
2: in alabama you're saying that again all right go, ahead.
3: It's, go Gonzaga. ahead it's not like they're playing freaking like alabama state i mean come on
1: No, you're right. I understand that. This is not a true home game for Alabama, though. This is a revenge spot. As you mentioned, I like revenge spots. And most importantly, variance. That's the word when it comes to Alabama with their style of play, with how many threes they shoot. They are more susceptible to streaky performances, both good and bad. I love spots.
2: The biggest thing is like when you can when you can find a a way where you can say this is a (laughs) revenge spot, this is a trap spot, this is this is a bounce back spot. You know, that's this is you love spots. This is a letdown spot. You love your spots.
1: My favorite dog has always been a Dalmatian Doster. That's how much I love spots. And by the way, uh, just to be very clear, if Memphis shoots 25 percent from the three point line last game, Alabama loses by three in the Houston game. If the Cougars don't miss 10 of 22 free throws, that's a different game at some point. This "quote-unquote" luck is going to catch up to this Alabama team, and I will be on the right side of history. Jeff. Whoa, Let's whoa, whoa, whoa!
2: The only lucky team in college basketball, right there. That's
3: right. Oh, That's right. right. We can't just don't just be, disrespectful. I'm I'm don't be disrespectful. Anybody else? Don't be disrespectful. fortunate I will keep. I will work. keep
2: you here until twelve thirty. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, please. Okay, moving on. Houston, Alabama just knocked them
3: off. Buy, hold, sell, or dump, Jeffrey. What do you got? Um. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm buying Houston, I, and I, like, I'm like i buying them low right now so that, that your little game here, uh, I'm going to buy them the lowest they're going to be maybe all year because they just lost at home. They're not losing another game at home all year. They, they're not going to lose a game in the AAC all year. Um, they're that good. They're that good, and Sasser's banged up right now. He'll get healthy. Uh, Mark's really good. You know, To me, Jarris Walker's only going to get better. He's still a young freshman. They've got all the pieces, and they've got—I—I I would say maybe one of the top five coaches in the game. So I'm—I'm I'm all about buying them.
2: So I am at this moment for the next four days. I am selling them, right? Because they're going to go into Charlottesville on Saturday, and they're going to lose at Virginia. And after they lose at Virginia, their those stocks, those shares are going to be readily available. I'm gonna be able to get everything that I sold at a cut rate price and I'm gonna get my final 14 back. So I'm selling them now specifically because I don't think that they're going into Virginia and beating um beating those Wahoos. Uh not with Marcus Sasser. Like he's not hundred percent right now. Like he's not he's not he's not hundred percent. So I'm selling them now, uh explicitly so that I can buy them again on Sunday morning when everybody else jumps on. big word team. for
3: that's a big Doster <laughs> word, explicitly Ex- explicitly can you, can you spell it? Okay.
1: I mean, it's a semi-big word. I'm not gonna. When lie. when this glass We're was full, when this glass work. was full, I was Virginia? able to spell it. Not anymore. Goodness gracious! I'm gonna give you the third different answer that we've got from three different people on Houston. I'm holding for right now. I want to see them beat somebody. That's all I want. And you can call St. Mary somebody. That was one of the ugliest games I've seen this entire season. At Virginia would qualify as somebody for me. If they don't win that, They'd be one, ugly too. It's if they be. don't win that one, I don't know when they're gonna beat somebody for me again this season. And I don't know how good they are. Let's move to indiana talia goodman's own hoosiers jeff we have to go to you first buy hold sell or dump the hoosiers
3: holy shit i forgot, <laughs> forgot you're gonna ask me about indiana here i needed a few more alcoholic beverages before this one i'll,
2: I'll go first i'm selling them yeah i'm, I, I'm, I'm selling them uh, i am I, I
3: am too right now i let, let me jump in i'm with you only because i mean I, i'm i'm going to this game saturday Kansas. And uh, I don't think they're winning that game. They're coming off the Arizona game. So I'm with you, Rob, I'm selling them right now and I'll I'll buy them low uh, at some point during the big 10 slate when they go through another stretch, which they will because the big 10 while it's not overpowering uh, is still pretty good. I'll, I'll I'll look for the right time to buy them low.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm selling them just because I think uh, that we, we got a little bit carried away after the win over North Carolina and the win over Xavier, right? Um, I think that this is a good team. And by good, I mean they're like a top 25 team going to compete at the top of the Big Ten. Probably not for a title because I think that that's going to end up being produced to lose. Um, I think that they're a good team. They are not a Big Ten uh, champion. I I think they're not a top 10 to 15 kind of a team. They're good. They can win a game in the tournament. Matchups are right. They can get to a sweet 16. But I'm selling them other than that.
1: if they don't get ran out of the building at Kansas this Saturday, I'll feel comfortable agreeing that they're a good team. If they do, which I have a suspicion they might, I don't know that I'd go there yet as our, our colleague Geo Baker so eloquently put it, this team's a little bit soft. This team, you look at Xavier Johnson, Miller Kopp, Trace Jackson Davis, 10 combined years of college basketball between those three players, none of them have ever finished higher than eighth in their conference Ever for three different programs. Do you know they who need, else? Do you know who
2: else it. needed ten years to get an undergraduate degree? Jeff Goodman.
1: We're only five and a half at Arizona. Five <laughs> and a half. This is, is, is not crazy. wrong. All right, I uh, I promise producer Trevor we get out of here right at midnight, but we're already one minute over. So one sentence. We're gonna fire through these final two boys. Creighton buy hold seller dump. Give me the answer in one sentence. Why, Rob? What do you got? I'm
2: buying now. I am buying because there is no possible way that they can be worse than this. They've also been missing Ryan Kalkbrenner the last two games, and I think he is so important to what they are defensively. They're not good enough on the offensive end. Uh, they're they're just not – the 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 guys that we expect to become shot makers have not become shot makers. They rely on their defense. They're not a good defensive team, where they don't have one of the best defensive centers in college basketball. So I will buy them understanding that Ryan Kalkbrenner is going to be back at some point, and there's no way that that team with all that talent and that coach is this bad.
3: Yeah, I'm going to buy as much Creighton stock as I could buy right now, period, Uh, because you'll never get it lower. You'll never get it lower. It's only going to go up. I don't know if they're a final four.
2: You know what's funny, Jeff? Greg sitting there right here is like, yep, look, you're going to buy all the stock that I'm dumping and I'm going to laugh in your face when it's worthless in a month. Look at his face. That's exactly what he's about to say. Watch. I
1: mean, it may happen. We don't know for sure if that's going to happen. But the problem is I'm right there with Jeff. I'm buying. I'm buying. I really <laughs> yes. am. Uh, it's Calc. It's Calc, man. When he's back, I think this team is the team that beat Texas tech comfortably beat Arkansas in Maui and then went toe to toe with an Arizona team that I love. I think they're much more that team than they are. The series of results we've seen, especially without Calc Brenner. We'll see if I'm right or wrong, but now's a good time to buy <laughs> final team of the night. Uh, another team that has had their fair share of struggles this season, the Tar Heels, North Carolina, buy, hold, sell, or dump. Rob, what's your answer?
2: Buying. I'm Whoa. buying. Yeah. Their their issue is not talent. Their issue is buying. Their issue is uh, guys playing with effort, guys playing defensively. Um, it's all of the stuff that they dealt with last year, and they found a way to get to the, the national title game. Uh, I normally don't like teams that you have to rely on. Like, are they going to show up tonight? Well, you know, what? I think if there's one team in the history of college basketball where I'm like, yeah, they suck for 90 percent of the year, but when you need them to show up, they're probably going to show up. It's like it's this team. Right. I, and, and here's the other thing. If I just say enough mean things on Twitter and on Instagram about Caleb Love, he'll see them get mad enough and then start dropping 30 and a half again. So I think I might just have to start doing that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I just call him soft enough, yeah. Um... <laughs> They'll probably get going, but I, I'm not going to do that. And uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna dump them. I'm gonna dump. <laughs> them. I'm giving up on Carolina. I'm not. I don't believe they can flip the switch again. I'm out on them. I'm out on them. I I think they got lucky last year. Unless Coach K comes back and they can beat <laughs> his ass again, and Cameron, I'm out on them. Oh, can we? Can
2: we? Should we make one of these that just says with the with the little. With little, uh, what do you call these things? Shamrock and heels. What do you think about that, Greg? A little, little merch store ad right there. Shamrock and heels. That's
1: certainly an option, Robert. I like where your head's at right now. Uh, yeah, Jeff beat me to the punch. I'm selling as well. I don't like teams you have to beg to play basketball. That's what's happening with North Carolina right now. Maybe they flip the switch and I look <laughs> foolish. Maybe not. I'll bank that it won't happen. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Love doing this show. Field of 68 after dark. We will be back tomorrow night again and then the big saturday slate you're not going to want to miss that one here on the field of 68 after dark